Oh, You Thought Podcast, the place where you get a heavy dose of positivity, sarcasm, knowledge, and ratchetness. Enjoy the show. Welcome to a special episode of Oh, You Thought Podcast. I know I've been gone for a couple of weeks, and I just didn't want to flood my normal episode with a lot of heavy topics and, to me, sadness, but I wanted to definitely, of course, address the issue that's still going on in America very very strong and I'm talking about racism I'm talking about hate and for me to be a person of color for me to have the beliefs that I've been talking about all this year so far on the podcast about needing change in the world it was necessary for me to use my platform to just give my opinions and my thoughts on everything that's going on in the world. So this week with me coming back um, from a little break, um, I decided to do two episodes. So episode 23, um, that's my normal ratchet episode with all kinds of things I'll be talking about on episode 23. But um, so if you want to, you know, take a break from the world, this is not the episode that you need to listen to. If you just want to be carefree, listen to silly things, happy things, listen to episode 23 this week. If you're down to dive into both, listen to both episodes, rate, um, subscribe and enjoy my podcast. To mute the slave has always been in the best interests of slave owners. And that's a quote from Harry Belafonte. And that was his rebuttal for everything that's been going on with Colin Kaepernick. And as you know, he still doesn't have a job in the NFL And that's one piece that we can consistently talk about um, as far as what's going on in the world with racism. But um, as you know, over the past weekend, and if you're a podcast listener, you listen to several podcasts, um, a lot of people have already touched on what happened in Charlottesville, Virginia. And basically, this started on a Friday night where a group of hateful white men of different hate groups combined to perform, to, to, um, not perform, to organize like a super hate group. And they took their tiki tor- torches and went to the University of Virginia in Charlottesville, um, Virginia, and decided to make their presence known in the world. Um, they're tired of not having their country. They want their country back. And so that started on Friday night. And we go into Saturday and everything is dialed up. Everyone's angry. But still, um, I will say there wasn't a strong presence of people of color there. It was just mainly the hate groups. It was a small percentage of counter protesters that were there peacefully and then things got out of control and it was complete and utter mayhem and it was just horrible to see all of this play out on tv to see just all day long just images and words and Faces that I will remember for the rest of my life. And a young lady lost her life because of all this hate. Um, Heather Hager, I hope I'm saying her last name right. I've heard it said um, a few different ways. And um, I definitely want to give, first off, my condolences to her family and her friends. And I'm praying for y'all during this tough time. Um, they actually had her services this week. And she was murdered by a hateful man that came all the way from Ohio to attend this this hateful gathering. And so she was simply trying to cross 
the street when this young, hateful man decided to just run down the street in his car and run her over and run other people over. And the images from that day is one of the images that I will never forget. And if you saw the images that I saw, it was one you could tell was a African-American man where his body was just in the air. And by the way that his one of his legs was turned, you could tell his leg was broken. And then we find out a couple of days later, yes, his leg is broken, but he was trying to push his fiance out of the way so she wouldn't get ran over. So God bless that young man. And he was also friends with Heather Hager. And so definitely just all my condolences to everyone that is suffering in that town and to everyone that is still currently going through. And so I just want to give my thoughts on a few things concerning this horrible event that happened in our country. And I'll walk my thoughts through that and then we'll talk through some other uh, topics dealing with racism in America or just in the world. And so one of the most hateful men ever to walk this earth, David Duke, he was at the the rally. And it's just, it's pretty amazing to see that the city would let them hold the rally knowing that it's these group of people coming together to hold this rally. And I don't know how true the source is, but I heard through the wind that they got the permit through a blogger. And so the blogger got the the permit for the rally. Like I said, I don't know how true that is. And if that is true, shame on you. And so basically after it happened, he boldly made a statement, David Duke, saying that they're taking the country back. And basically, this is what Donald Trump knew was going to happen. And so they're keeping their word, basically. And yeah, he told Donald Trump, hey, remember that my people voted you in office. And that's just a sad, sad thing because a lot of these people that are hateful, like David Duke, they hide. And these are people that you see every single day that smile on your face, but they hate you because the color of your skin, your sexual orientation, or your religious background. And just off top, to see the white people in America have such a strong reaction because some of their people were affected by the events that happened over the past weekend. Like, this is the outcry that we need to have collectively as a country. Everyone that says that they're not racist, that they love black people, they love people of color, they love anyone no matter their sexual orientation they love everyone because they don't care their religious background where have all these people been when we've been crying out for everything that's been going on with uh police brutality or just unfair treatment period across the board if we just look at it at a wider scope at this point so It takes something like this to happen that happened back in the day, pretty much out in public, but it never went away. They still have their meetings and everything. So people in America want to turn a blind eye to it unless you are a person of color. You know, this stuff still goes on. So you're, you're already woke to their anger that they have. And it just... It just makes me think if all of us, like I said, all the people that are not racist could just get on one platform and just fight down all these negative things 
deal with racism across the board for everybody, deal with a better justice system, deal with a better system as far as policing. If we could just deal with all those things, even like fair pay for women of color are at the top of that list as far as not getting paid what they are worth. If we can just tackle all these things one day at a time, we could get it right. And I just, I always pray. I pray about these things that people just erase the hate out of their heart and just learn to love their neighbor. Like, just take it day by day. Like, stop putting everybody in one box saying that all black people are like this. All Hispanics are like this. All Asians are like Asians are like this. All Jewish people are like this. We have to stop saying those things out of our mouths and use your real life examples of people that you come encounter with. If you're at a job and you work with black people and you see they come to work, they're good, respectable people. Use that as a reference and say, no, I'm not going to believe what my granddaddy told me or my daddy told me or my mama told me or my grandma, my great grandma. I'm going to use this person right here and I'm just going to take it day by day to take the hay out of my heart. So I was definitely sad to see this. But in my brain, I was like, OK, so this is an opportunity for Donald Trump to get something right. He talks about how he he hates all these ISIS ISIS groups and He's always hard on Muslims, which I distaste. That's another topic for another day as far as people just being ignorant and putting everyone in a box. Um, I was like, this is an opportunity for him to turn the corner for a half a second to definitely get more people to say, you know what, let's just give him a pass for just a second. Because he's been just out here wilding, especially with North Korea. And a few days ago, I don't know if y'all keeping up, North Korea was like, hey, sis, you know, we see y'all got all this stuff going on over there in your backyard. We're going to back off from Guam unless the U.S. provokes us. And so hopefully I've I've been praying so hard about the North Korea thing because it terrifies me. And there again, being a person of faith. I know certain things have to happen if you believe what's in the Bible, blah, blah, blah. But I've been praying day and night about North Korea, so I was definitely happy to see that. And so going back to Saturday, you're waiting for Donald Trump to make a statement or even send a tweet since he likes to tweet every five seconds, right? And so the first person out of the Trump camp to release a tweet is Melania, his wife. And it's just a general blanket statement. It doesn't point the fingers at anyone, but me and my family that was gathered around the TV watching CNN all day, um, we were like, okay, well, at least she said something. And she said something before her husband. A couple of hours later, after Melania said something, I feel like even after Ivanka says something, here comes Donald Trump with a press conference, I believe, first before he did some more tweets later on in the day. And so at the press conference, number one, you can see that it's not rehearsed because it it definitely is written, but he didn't look over it. He just got to the podium and said, I'm going for it. And it was so just so vanilla, so vanilla, not pointing any responsibility at this point, because also before the statement was released by Trump. David Duke had already warned, oh boy, you bet not. (laughs) And so Trump came out there dancing and not just, it's so easy. There's no two sides. There's no multiple sides. It was just hate and then love, basically. And so hate is wrong. And so you have all these hateful groups coming together and you could not denounce them. And so that was the big topic on news media and on media, period. He's not denouncing these hateful groups. And he did the tackiest thing I think I've ever seen in a situation like this from a president. He talked about two minutes as far as what happened in Charlottesville. And 
he started talking about unemployment rates and how good employment is and he went right in like he was going to a business meeting to brief everybody on the state of unemployment in America and I was just I was baffled I was baffled I know who Donald Trump Trump is he definitely has shown us who he is but you would just think because he tried to he tries to say that he's a man of God he tries to act like he's compassionate for children so you just thought on the basic level he would have more tact than to come out and talk about unemployment and jobs and you can tell that's where he went off of the script that was written for him and so I was just like this is horrible and so people just start tearing into Donald Trump blah blah blah. so you start seeing all these discussions about race whether it's on tv social media within whoever you're interacting with during the day for most of the weekend that was the topic still is a topic of what's going on in America and it's just really really sad and so unfortunate but is this an example where you try to cover up what has been taught to you and I'm talking about Donald Trump because it is definitely a fact that his father was arrested after a Klan riot in Queens New York and this was in 1927 and so I'm a firm believer that hate is definitely a taught or learned behavior it's also can be your community because let's say you're, you live in nothing but a hateful community where this is approved they hate black people Jewish people whoever it doesn't look like them so I think he he tries to definitely act like he likes people of color but we've caught him too many times on the bubble like just not being politically correct and you can tell he's not being politically correct because these are his true feelings and so this is another reason why I have a problem with African Americans that try to cape so heavily for Donald Trump saying give him a chance oh he's a good guy I just I just want to know where y'all at now with that and I'm not going to name names because I know you probably feel a certain type of way already right now. So that's that's your pill to swallow at this point. So from there, we go through the week and we have a father that comes out um, from one of the protesters on the side of hate in um, Charlottesville. And he basically just wrote a a letter to his son and he said his son is no longer welcome to any of the family functions until he denounces all of this hate. And it's just like one of those things and it's like one of my favorite examples of how possibly a good kid that clearly this father is saying he wasn't raised like that. I always think about higher learning. I think about Remy. I believe that was his name. And um, Remy, he he went to college and he was kind of lumped in with the, the black people based on who his uh, roommate was when he first showed up on campus, right? And so long story short, basically, he starts feeling rejected The black people aren't taking him in. He's having a tough time getting along with them. And you can just tell he's just an awkward person. But he's an awkward person that doesn't know how to deal with either making friends or just dealing with the rejection and just minding your business. And so one late night, a skinhead comes along and scoops him up and He's his friend and all this stuff. And so he found a new home, a new group of people to love him. And I think this is what happens when some of these people, I think that's a good example. This young boy, I'm assuming he went to college or something, fell in with the wrong group and probably off of the hills of 
Donald Trump getting in office, his rhetoric of getting in office, things he said. So that probably didn't help. And so it's just like these people also in different countries with these hate groups. Sometimes these people are pure evil. Sometimes these people, they just fall between the cracks. And, you know, like Remy, he fell between the cracks and... Yeah, he got out there and he got in the hate groups. And you see this with young kids in these, you know, these horrible countries where they don't have a future and people scoop them up just like a gang would here. And a gang, like I'm not an advocate of gang life because you're out here possibly killing people, committing crimes and all that stuff. So one is no better than the other to a certain degree. But um, these hate groups is, is something else. It's something different than your average gang. So let me make that clear. Because I don't want nobody to tear me up for what I'm saying. But if you have an ounce of a brain cell in your head, you know what I'm trying to say. And so where do we go from here, y'all? Like, where do we go? There's a lot of racism in this country disguised as patriotism patriotism and this is a a favorite term that white hateful people like to use they like to hide behind the so-called flag and all that stuff and yeah it's cool to take pride in your country's flag totally fine right this is where you live you should take a certain type of pride but there's levels to this shit okay there's levels but A lot of the hate groups, they take pride in the Confederate flag or the Nazi flag or whatever other hate flags they have out there. And a lot of people are on two sides of this this debate as far as the Confederate flag. They say it's pride in the South. Well, come on, guys. You were fighting the North because basically you wanted to keep slavery like you didn't want to give up your slaves is the the bottom line part of the civil war, right? They didn't want people to have freedom. So where really is the pride in that? And so you have that and then you have the other people that are just hateful and they they have they have adopted those standards to that flag and so it's kind of like one of those things where okay if you want to have south pride or whatever one percent of me gets it but 99 percent of me it's just it's just a foundation built on hate and a lot of people are saying well you you don't want to forget about history and all this stuff no history is there it's in black and white and all of the good textbooks that our children learn about and a lot of the history of other people aren't there but definitely the history of America is there for white people and I just want to give a reminder to the people as to why Colin Kaepernick took a knee because all this stuff is important because we're dealing with race relations we're dealing with hateful things in the world and I think people get beside themselves and they forget the true reason why he initially took a knee. And I just think that you need to be reminded. And this is his um, statement. Um, I am not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppressed black people and people of color. So it's just not about black people. He is covering the, the masses with his statement and his reasonings for why he wants justice in this country and I think people also forget but maybe they don't forget they just go back to the old rule that if you have even a drop of black in you you're black and Colin Kaepernick is not just black he is also white so I think people they they forget and they just see him as a black man because of what his outer body looks like and what his hair looks like and he becomes glomped in with the rest of the black people in the world and so to dive in a little bit further 
to this conversation because it was a part of the Colin Kaepernick um, um, conversations because they thought he was being disrespectful to the the armed forces and America, the flag, the song, everything. But a lot of people like to bring up the fact that these hateful white people are just being patriotic. And what is being patriotic? What is patriotism? And it's defined as the quality of being patriotic, vigorous support for one's country. Simple enough, right? But a conversation that I always have with anyone that I'm having a conversation about race with is there's always, or race or religion, because those are two heavy topics that come up as far as people getting ki- killed in the name of hate or their religion, right? And so there's always the extremists in everything, in hate groups, in religious groups or religious backgrounds, thoughts, beliefs, whatever. But... It's out of hand. And so I don't think it's cool for you to hide behind these flags. Don't put that on America, especially when people keep saying, this is not us. This is not what America is about. But people of color are screaming, well, we never left. This has been us. It hasn't changed. And we are just here. It just, it just, it's different levels. We've gotten, we've gotten somewhere. We take a few steps back. We have quiet moments for a while, but racism is still on the bottom layer, just kind of just chilling out, just cooking, just waiting to have a flare up. And here we are having a major flare up right now. But can we fix racism? Can we cure it to where we can just scrape that bottom layer off that's just laying dormant in certain places, in certain people's hearts? Can we can we get rid of racism? What are your thoughts on that? Email me, DM me your thoughts on that point. And so we have to talk about hate groups in this conversation. And we have to talk about white supremacy because that was definitely who those people, people were down in Charlottesville. Um, so white supremacy is a set of beliefs based upon the belief that white people are superior in many ways to people of other races. They are the dominant race. And white supremacy crosses over to uh, Nazis and all that stuff of being the, the pure race. And so this set of beliefs was and still promoted by Nazis, as I just basically said, they believe in this theory that's called the the Nordic theory. That's N-O-R-D-I-C. And basically this theory states that the master race is superior to all others. And so somehow, some way, white people figure that they are the master race. And this can just set you up for a major debate for people that know their history and know the theories of where the first... Uh, human was was birthed at or created and if you know that history if you know what the people look like just based on also knowing your history of how people tend to be a little darker based on what part of the world they are from and so you have all these pale people um, that become white people that claim they are the master race. And basically Nazis were saying, was it blonde hair, blue eyes, pale skin, master race? And so how? How do you just think like, let's come up with this thing and just say, this race is superior to all people. Like what, what makes your race so much better than the others? We all come from one God, if you believe in God, if you believe we just came here by some kind of reaction, there's still 
it still was a lot of different people created at the same time if you go on that theory the big bang theory or whatever so either in any way you slice it we had different kind of people existing at the same time together so there again what makes you better than the other and so in 1935 um the nazis um introduced the nomenberg racial laws and so this was the downfall of the horrible things that they did to jewish people and there again how do you single out a certain group of people and just say that we're gonna kill them they have to obey these laws and if they don't we're gonna start killing them we're gonna put them in concentration camps and it's sad to see survivors still to this day and stuff really hasn't changed you know we still have those hateful beliefs and it's just like how many different rounds of humans is it going to take to combat all the hate that we have in the world what is it going to truly take and so um they had like i said the the nomenberg racial laws and then here in america we had slavery and then we had jim crow laws and if you're not well diverse on what the jim crow laws were um do your research research the civil rights movement just you know like when you want to go out here and have debates with people about why black people need to shut the hell up how we just whine and cry all the time when number one we always welcome people to our culture and everything but when we're out here crying for help to get police to to stop killing innocent people or if they're not innocent they don't get the opportunity to go to jail they don't get the opportunity to get a court case we just want things to be fair for everybody because if we're talking about equal rights for for gay people for transgender people and we want to equate all those things to the civil civil rights movement then we can't keep forgetting us when things are happening to us again just because laws were put into place to say this has to happen or we have different laws in place to say that x amount of people need to work here x amount of people need to go to the school here (sighs) another topic um it doesn't mean that hateful people no longer exist and so it just needs to be monitored if we're gonna equate all these people to to go through the same thing which is another topic um that I can talk about for hours in regards to uh, what people go through. But, um, and so this, the people, the hateful people in Charlottesville, they want to take this this rally stuff on the road and they try to, to bring it here to Texas, um, to Texas A&M. And within the same day, they were like, hell nah, hell nah, to the nah, nah, nah. Like that was their reaction to them saying, we want to come down there. But there again, if you keep up with what's going on in the world, I think it was last year. It had to have been last year because it had to be been when Trump was running for office where the, the, the head person for the alt-right group, which was also there in Virginia, um, he held a rally or an informational or whatever you want to call it, a meeting at Texas A&M last year. And so it's not like... Those people haven't been there from what I was reading online. It's been a ton of stuff that has happened down there. But what happened over this past weekend is just a clear example of when we just need to let them fight and fix it. And when I say them, I'm talking about the white people. And sometimes black people, we just need to just step aside and maybe with them fighting with each other, Maybe they'll fix it for everybody if that makes sense. And if it doesn't make sense, hit me up and I'll explain what I mean. And what happened in Charlottesville, they tried to put it on the removal of the the statue of 
Robert E. Lee. But these hate groups, it's a bigger picture. And so we didn't create that mess because it, we weren't down there marching against um, against the hate groups. You really weren't on the scene, like I said. It was like just a few BLM members probably down there that I saw. Few black people, period. So we didn't create the mayhem that went on this past weekend, but it definitely opens the door for a good conversation and an opportunity to fix it slowly but surely. And I say slowly because it's been going on for too long in this country. And so the statues, we have to talk about the statues because this has also been a big conversation piece uh, during this time. And Here's my spill on the statues and I've had plenty of conversations. I'm definitely for taking down the statues and everything. But if we see that's going to cause such a major issue, I don't know at this point. It doesn't change history because we know what happened. So twofold like why do you want it there if it represents a person that was a part of a hateful movement that would be like having a Hitler statue just randomly all over the world or in a Jewish neighborhood or something it's just in poor taste and it's the same thing with these different schools that have the the names of the confederate people down south like it's just in poor taste at this point and I think at least two or three schools in Texas and the Houston area have changed their names because of this because it's just it's just time to to stop giving honor because basically that's what it is honor you're giving these people honor and they don't deserve honor because they stood on hate there we go there we go I got it y'all come on brain come on like it's still in the history books. We know what Robert E. Lee did. We know what Sam Houston did. And they brought that up on 97.9 today. Like, does the Sam Houston statue need to be removed? And if you live here in Texas, like, you know, that's a big statue. And it's so scary. Like, the first time you actually see that statue, Lord, it's scary. Like, if they took that down, it would probably be an earthquake, an earthquake felt from here all the way to the top of Texas. That thing is big. And we just need to start operating like we say we are. Like if we say that how the country is going is not us, okay, then show the world because we look real crazy to the world right now. So they should continue to come down because the people they represent and they're giving them honor. And if you say the country is not full of hate, why get mad? Why get mad? If you're a hateful group, what does the statue have to do? Especially if you don't even live in the neighborhood. And even the, the the bigger question, where were y'all at when they took down, I believe, two statues in New Orleans this year? Like back to back. I didn't see the Nazis out there. I didn't see David Duke out there. Where were y'all at if y'all so enraged about these statues being taken down? And so I think we still have race relation problems in this country because people don't like change still. They're holding on to stuff from their great granddaddy, great, 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 great granddaddy. They don't want to let it go. They want to hold on to the statues. They want to hold on to the memories. And like I said, history cannot be changed in the past we can change today and the future so why not turn the page and start taking some of this stuff down let's start mending relationships let's get hateful people out of office and when we find out people are part of these groups let's get them out and people anytime we talk about white supremacy people always like to bring up the black panthers and i just want to challenge you again to do your research and basically anytime a new black movement is started it is to combat hate black panthers was started during the civil rights movement 
And that's your answer for that. BLM was started due to the recent uprising of police brutality. What were the reasons for starting the white hate groups? Is it, are you going to stand on the fact that you started them because you want to take your country back? And the governor of Virginia did the best job reading the hateful people that I've you going to change the narrative and stop pointing fingers at the the black groups that come together to try to uplift. We have to also talk about black power versus white power. My thing is this, I have no issue with you saying like white power and coming up with a positive hand sign, symbol, whatever. Every culture should have that I don't have you should take pride in who you are and I think that's another conversation that people totally just it just goes over their head nothing wrong with white pride but also that term is tied to white supremacy so you gotta you gotta clean it up right black pride and us holding up our fists it's just a symbol of of strength like that's it and us banding together to fight for our rights that's it and there again like if I if I think like if people just had a better understanding of why people have the things that they have no one's telling you not to be happy that you're white like be happy of where you come from but also know the bad and also rebuke the bad right And so are you a part of the solution or the problem? And this is something that we have to start asking ourselves and the people that we're friends with. Like if you are friends with people, you know that that they are hateful, they say hateful things, no matter if they're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, whatever, male, female, correct them, educate them. Don't let people go on saying whatever the hell they want because of free speech a lot of people like to lean on free speech but hatefulness is not cool and same thing for let's say if there was a black lives matter rally and they were talking about kill all white people we're gonna take the country over no i don't know them take them to jail rebuke them like no like i said there's extremists in everything and we can't be responsible for every single person in a group And so um, I want to talk about a couple of things before I wrap up this podcast. And I want to talk about um, this chart that I found when I was perusing on Instagram. And I don't know where it came from, but I'll post it whenever I post the episode I'll post it with the uh, episode art. But Meek Mill, the rapper, he posted it on his timeline. And it's a really, really good diagram of overt white supremacy. And that is basically socially unacceptable behavior or whatever. And then covert white supremacy and basically socially acceptable. And so, like I said, I'll post this. And yeah, so just like I'll read like a a few from each um, type so you get an idea of what it is. So overt is lynchings, hate crimes, um, swastikas, KKK, using the word nigger, N-I-G-G-N-I-G-G-E-R, burning crosses, uh, all that stuff. And it's pretty surprising if you see the way this this graph is put together. The overt, which is just basically socially unacceptable again, it's only a few. It's only a few items. The covert, these are like, you just never know. And it happens every day. And I won't read off everything, but under this umbrella, you have police brutality, housing discrimination, hiring discrimination, uh, discriminatory lending, mass incarceration, wake up, wake up, come on y'all, English only initiative, there again, 
It's not just about black people. This is all across the board. Uh, denial of white privilege. And this is a big topic that's been uh, talked about for a while. White privilege versus everyone else. And so check out the diagram. It's a good eye opener. So I'll post that later today or tomorrow whenever I post the episode. And then I want to talk about psychology and racism. You know, I always have to bridge the gap um, between psychology and so I found an article and it just really taps into things that we probably already know. And so sometimes it takes some of y'all to get an article put in your face to, to really think or, you know, go ahead and finally confirm it for you. And this article came from the Washington Post.com and one of the first um, pieces that I want to talk about from the article, my allergies are bothering me so bad, y'all. Like my nose is just itching. <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable right now. Um, what causes people to be racist? And let's see, this is a quote from Jennifer Richardson. And it says, in some ways, it's super simple. People learn to be whatever their society and culture teaches them. We often assume that it takes parents actively teaching their kids for them to be racist. The truth is that unless parents actively teach kids not to be racist, they will be. And so there again, that goes back to basically my Remy theory. Like you could just be a lost soul and you just find someone who just shows interest in you what if you have parents that don't care about you and then you find a father-like figure or a mother-like figure but they just happen to hate white people I mean they just happen to hate black people or hate Jewish people think about that and also this is not the product of some deep-seated evil heart that it's that is cultivated it comes from the environment the air around us and I think people like to really really deny that factor that sometimes you are a product of your environment especially if you don't have the willpower to say no to what you see in your environment like some people the whole like they think because you were raised in a certain neighborhood that you're going to be nothing and no it's just what are you going to do to get to where you want to be you know so that's food for thought. Let's see. Um, and then also a quote from Eric Knowles from the same article. Uh, um, he says, an us them mentality is unfortunately a really basic part of our bi biology. And there again, that goes to the, the dominant race, you know, and if you're not part of the dominant race, guess what? Boys and girls, we don't like you. So, um, yeah. And look at that article. If I can go back and find the link. It's a really good article. I won't read everything that I found in the article. Uh, but the last takeaway from the article I want to talk about is, can you teach people not to be racist? And a couple of quotes from the article um, the only way to change bias is to change the culture. And that's a simple answer. Simple, simple answer. And you would think like in 2017, the culture would be changed enough because there again, so many people love what they think is black culture, which they really view it as hip hop culture. So many people are into that culture. So many, there's so many interracial relationships interracial children biracial children that you would think we would be at a different place where we are at the point where we have changed the culture but it's just those that they won't let it go they won't let go of what their granddaddy taught them so I definitely think it's a learned behavior like I said at the top of the show and stop teaching your kids to hate Call your kids out on their BS. Call your parents out on their BS. Call your whoever out on their BS. Like going back to what the father did, writing an open letter to his child. Like, nah, bruh. Like, 
you're not welcome here. That's how we can slowly start to really change the culture. So I hope this episode has really opened up your heart and mind to to dive into this conversation with whoever. And I think we need to, to listen what we hear from other people, take it in, be respectful, give our rebuttal, try to help the change and stop being violent. Like we, we can't keep carrying on in this world like this because we'll never get anywhere. Never, never, never. And so I'm back y'all and hopefully I'll be able to do this on a consistent basis, but um, I'll explain in episode 23 what's been going on with me and why I've missed two weeks. And so, yeah, if you're not following me on social media, please follow me on Instagram. Oh, you thought Fallon, you spell my name F-A-L-L-O-N. Follow me on Twitter. My name on Twitter is Pretty and Smart 81. That's pretty, the letter N, 81. Um, pretty and smart 81. I'm sorry. I'm like looking at something and clearly I can't talk and look at something at the same time. Um, if you want to email me questions, if you want me to give advice on the show, email me at outhoughtfallon at gmail.com. If you want to see what I've been up to this year, if you want to see how this podcast thing started, visit my website, outhoughtfallon.com. And I hope you just have a lovely, lovely weekend and peace is the answer. Understanding is the answer. We can just love on each other. We can turn this hateful world around. I'm a firm believer in that. Love y'all. Be blessed. Until next time, remember to glow up, bless up, stayed prayed up, and hold it down. Hold it down. Hold it down.